It's, well, looking at social media, you know, why would a man want something everybody else has seen? Exactly. In my opinion. I've always looked at that from a social media perspective. Uh, there's got to be some class and character there. there uh, for sure. Especially now, if you're single, you know, maybe. To me, that's kind of a, especially a red flag if they're showing a lot, you know, on social media. Mm. And all that. That's kind of a red flag for me. I'm like, ah, probably not a good candidate. Mm. But uh, especially if you're in a relationship, man, there has to be a level of respect there. What is going on, guys? Dr. Jared Nelson in this house, the podcast, The Better Man, where you can never be perfect, but you can always be better. Today, we have two special guests with us, guys that have already been on the podcast before. You loved them so much. Kind of the more, the more, uh, the bigger episodes, lots of views on these. Bo Parker and Blake Bernard. Barnard. Barnard. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Yeah, glad to have you guys back. Got a lot of topics to discuss. Uh, both of your podcasts are actually some of the most viewed uh, mm. that we've had on the podcast. So I'm like, you know, we gotta have the we gotta have a twofer. We gotta right? have them back in here and get it going. We got Fitz in the background. He's chilling. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. Uh, so uh, we'll go ahead and start off with something, Blake, that you want to talk about: the mm-hmm. importance of friendship. So, got a lot of friends in life. We're all friends, you know. I think it's very common, and uh, a lot of guys in their 30s, 40s actually talk. uh, I watch a show, Dr. Deloney. He's a Mm -hmm. guy on uh, YouTube and everything. There's men out there that are uh, alone. They don't Mm -hmm. have anybody, you know. Uh, The importance of friendship, man. What is it to you, Blake? Yeah, man. So, that's that's been on my mind recently a lot here since I've been going through the Book of James and whatnot. Um, I'm doing my own kind of like small little study on that. And everything, and uh, gonna hopefully soon be doing Bible study videos and posting those. Uh, but the book of James has really helped me through a lot, appreciate it, has really helped me through a lot. Um, mainly with all the way back to high school, it was like whenever I moved here, uh, like I just didn't have anybody. The only person that I really knew was probably like my stepsister, that was it. Um, I moved here. I want to say maybe like with like two or three months left in the sixth grade year or whatnot. And so like over time, I developed what you would call, I guess, friends. I just look at them now and just call them acquaintances because that's all they were really are. Sure. Um, But it was really high school whenever it started to hit that, you know, I realized like these people that I'm hanging around really ain't my friends. They're not what's in best interest for me in my life. Um, there was really nobody in my grade that I could relate to or anything like that. And so it was, it was a tough time for me, but whenever I started to realize how alone I was, I started to realize how closer to God I was. Um, and it was a big moment for sure, because you, you find yourself, you start thinking, man, like, who do I have to hang out with? I have nobody to talk to. Or whatnot, and in the back of your mind, you have that little voice telling you, "I'm always here." Mm-hmm. And so, whenever I started to solely focus in on that, I started to get in God's Word a lot more and just dive deeper into having a more uh, effective relationship with Him. And the the friendship side of that, spiritually wise, just started to grow me a lot more maturely. And mature me more to become a more Christ-like man in high school and in a dark place where I needed to be a light. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and so coming out of high school, I want to say uh, was my, well, I won't say coming out of high school, my junior year, 11th grade year, um, I met my buddy Lincoln in Georgia, uh, just over playing Xbox. And um, the, the things that me and him has been through has been wild. Um, you know, in the book of Isaiah, it says, iron sharpens iron, a brother sharpens a brother. That's right. And um, it's me and Lincoln are like the exact definition of that. Um, me and him has been through so many ups and downs with each other, but also alongside each other, been able to help each other through so many different situations and everything. And it took him a while to realize, <clears throat> excuse me, it took him a will oh, a little little. It took him a little bit to realize where exactly he needed to be with God. Um, and once he came to that realization, it was just like me and him were able to talk about things more clearly mm-hmm. and be more open about it. And at that time, once I got out of high school, then that's whenever I realized, who, who am I actually friends with? Who am I not? Mm-hmm. Everybody that I was friends with in high school just disappeared well going from high school to life it's it's a big transition oh yeah you know you you kind of because you have to be around each other Mm -hmm. like when you're in high school you're there it's easy to be friends with everybody but then you kind of transition out and like okay who's who's really going to be there for me yeah that's kind of a transition period i think a lot of people go through uh but i think in life you know you go through seasons of life hard times and Mm -hmm. all that and kind of through that it's like okay who's standing with me right who's going to be here through those hard times uh but i think friendship's important like you said iron sharpens iron very important, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we're not meant to go through life alone. I think in both y'all's podcasts, we probably talk about that. Uh, but it's a very important thing to surround yourself with good people, people that will uplift you, mm-hmm. and I think help you in ways that aren't uh, negative. You know, because anybody can just say you're doing this wrong, you're doing this, you're doing this. But to have an open conversation, like you know, I see you struggling here. I see you doing this. How can we make uh, together? Let's let's build a better life together. Yeah. And all that. So I and think so, it's like with. With the foundation of importance of friendship, just being able to find that Christ-like brother that you can have those open conversations with and, and just be open to boldly or whatnot can definitely help you with your walk in Christ for sure. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Bo, you have any thoughts? Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's important that anytime we're talking about um, about friendships, is it's, it's something that's, that goes both ways. Like you can't just have... Um, a friendship is a two-way street like you can't be a friend to someone and then if they're not a friend back to you then i mean you're not friends like you're they're your acquaintances yeah um so i've kind of realized over the over the years when i graduated high school um that some of my closest friends are the people who uh when i weren't reaching out to them they were still reaching out to me um and so when i realized i wasn't being a good friend to them they were still putting in that effort to be a good friend to me and then that's how i realized the importance of it like i'm not being a good friend um, because I would do that to other people, but I wouldn't receive it. And so you kind of, I saw both sides of it. Um, and now I've got my guys that are just so close to me and it's like a very, it's a two way street. Um, and we, we both, like, we all see the importance of that. And so now it's just, it's something that, uh, we, we all value and we all, um, are excited to see each other grow and just be with each other every step of the way. Yeah. That two way um, street is huge. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I've had a lot of friendships in my life personally too. Uh, if I don't talk to them, we're not going to talk, you know, and I think that's important. If you want to kind of do a test, I don't, I don't think you should, uh, you know, do anything negative, honestly, straight out. But like, if you want to check and see who's there for you, just stop talking to people and see who's going to shake out, you know, uh, for a time. I think that's something really important to do. 
but it is a two-way street man for sure um, friendship is very very important appreciate that uh concept blake yeah no we're to go in on dating dude okay. the ladies man <laughs> they'll get you they'll get you so i shared something before the podcast about uh you know i've been in relationships before went through a divorce a lot of stuff in my life personally have a girlfriend now incredible incredible woman very happy with that you guys are a little bit younger than me uh y'all have date y'all had dating apps in high school right i mean yeah. high school yeah. it was yeah. available yeah. you know that didn't really kind of come out until my late 20s so what is dating like in the world today for a late teen early 20 year old man you start off for me <laughs> i guess um i mean for for me I, i'll just be honest for me i haven't really looked at dating me personally but just because I'm just trying to figure out my career path right now. I mean, if something comes along the way, something comes along the way. You know, I'm not mm. complaining. But other than that, I'm not trying to force anything. But just from an outside look on everything, it's so... Dating nowadays is just so... So immature. Um, A lot of people really just don't take it seriously. Yeah. Um, And obviously with this looking, with these people being outside of Christ, it's it's so immature so everything's all on social media um so you you never really it, from from my perspective you never really get a true relationship with somebody because if they're just sharing everything to social media and not really focused on their partner then what's the purpose in that mm. relationship you know and a, a lot of people would be like oh well like I'll let them do that. It's fine. Like it doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, like we're still together and stuff, but it's like, yeah, are you really having a true relationship though? Mm -hmm. type of thing? But it's, well, looking at social media, you know, why would a man want something everybody else has seen? Exactly. In my opinion, I've always looked at that from a social media perspective. Uh, there's gotta be some class and character there, there uh, for sure. Especially now, if you're single, you know, maybe to me, that's kind of a, Especially a red flag if they're showing a lot, you know, on social media. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a red flag for me. I'm like, ah, probably not a good candidate. Mm -hmm. But uh, especially if you're in a relationship, man, there has to be a level of respect there. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's just, for me personally, on an outside look, it's just today with dating is just so immature. Every And then everybody always wants to start a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship off the rip. I mean, a week or two weeks in of talking or something like that. Oh, let's be together. Blake's keeping you waiting. That's all I know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because no, that's I, not a bad thing. Because I just, I just went through this with my buddy Lincoln, and yeah. he, he was telling, he's always been telling me about this girl that, uh, that he works with and everything, and always just trying to ask me different things about what he should do and everything. And I'm like, look, like, just be friends. Like that's it. That's all you have to do is just be friends. Whenever the time comes and y'all feel that strong relationship with each other then okay, maybe we can start talking about these things. Mm -hmm. But other than that, just just be friends. Like, there's nothing wrong with just being friends with a guy and a girl just hanging out. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. You know, something that I kind of made a mistake with, I would say in my 20s, is certain relationships, I tried to force it. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted it to work so bad. I'm like, I got to do this, and you got to do this to show me that you like me. And I, if you just relax and let love, if that's what it is, mm -hmm. grow, you know. Uh, you can smother out relationships, oh, and yeah. I think a lot of people do, but I think it's kind of the nature of today. It's like you want a title, you want to have somebody yeah. and all that. You kind of smother it. Uh, mm -hmm. Allow it to grow, and things will always shake out the way it's supposed and to. And that's what I was telling Lincoln, like, because he kept asking me, like, what do I say? When do I say it? What needs to happen? I'm just like, right. 
just let everything play out. I was mm-hmm. like, you'll know when the time is right, if it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, just let everything play out. Let everything flow, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with my personal experience, I'm in the time of singleness right now. We're both, yeah. we're both single. But oh, we already got your... We, we, oh, yeah, that first episode. We talked you about it. Yeah, yeah. Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> yeah, but um, just the importance of being patient is is kind of key. Um, in, the, in this time of singleness, I'm just in a state of constantly pursuing um, a stronger relationship with the Lord um, and trusting in His timing. Um, he's going to make um, everything He does is perfect. His timing is perfect. He's incapable of doing anything other than that. Um, mm-hmm. So trusting in that and knowing that um, he's got someone special down the road uh, for me is is my hope right now. So I know that if I pursue him right now and just focus in on that, um, he'll he'll reveal the person to me on in the perfect timing. But also I'm just preparing myself to be a better uh, boyfriend, a better husband down the road. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really where I'm at right now. But dating right now is just for people our age is crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, we live in a world where I mean, it's completely it's covered in sin um i mean the society today is just hookup culture is crazy mm-hmm. everyone wanting to sleep around um and not like you said not taking anything serious um mm. they just want the instant gratification because i mean we look at everything like with technology and like it's just our attention spans are so short like everything we want is we want it now especially here in the in the states is we have basically anything we could ever have like at our fingertips Mm -hmm. um and so that trying to find someone who uh understand or like sees that and understands the importance of patience and um and just pursuing christ and being patient uh, that's hard because you just have to continue Mm -hmm. to pray for it and he'll reveal it to you um at some point in time but it's crazy just people our age and yeah we're young so we are going to be immature there's still a lot of maturing to be done um but there's people who are really immature and uh yeah it just it's it's crazy to just sit back and look at the state of our culture and just seeing all these people going around sleeping around and partying with while they're while they're in a relationship with people going to partying with others it's just crazy you know there's nothing new under the sun i, yeah. I think you know it, biblically you mm-hmm. know that we have verses that talk about all these things mm-hmm. brothels even and all this stuff but because there's nothing new but i think now it's just the access you have your phone you have all these apps you have all this stuff Snapchat mm-hmm. talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. You know, it really promotes that type of behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, being loyal to one person, uh, doing that is kind of not, you know, it's not a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can kind of be with whoever, whenever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. So it's definitely a weird time. Uh, divorce rates through the roof. I'm going to talk about that here in a little <laughs> bit, but I'll bring up some divorce rates in a second. Does that scare you? I mean, for me personally, not really. I mean, I I guess you could say I have experienced, but I haven't experienced it uh, just with uh, my mom uh, going through a divorce with my biological father. Um, but in that situation, I mean, there were so many different um, factors that played into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say so many factors, but uh, I don't know the whole story on it. But she's never really told me. But this is none of my business. Yeah, well, I but, will say this just to interrupt and you can continue. But a lot of terrible situations happen because people are kind of afraid to have a divorce, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because you're supposed to stay. Because you're mm-hmm. supposed to make it work and all that. There's, there's situations of, uh, you know, if there's adultery abuse and all that, mm-hmm. obviously there's biblical grounds for that. Yeah. That's what we believe. 
Um, but I think still the rates are pretty high. But I just wanted to kind of specify yeah. that because you said you didn't really know specifically. Right. Sometimes it's it's necessary mm-hmm. and it is biblical that it needs to happen. Which I was I was very very young whenever it happened. Right. Um. So I mean I have no memory of it at all. Um. But for <clears throat> me personally, just for the future, I mean it doesn't really scare me. Just because, like I said, for, for right now I'm just kind of just chilling. Uh, whatever happens, happens. But also with just past experiences earlier this year um, and whatnot, I'm very, I guess you could say, picky with who I choose to be friends with, who I choose to not be friends with. Um, and I think with that, that can also kind of help me um, decide, like, if I really want to pursue a relationship with this person. You know, so just like Bo was mentioning, just being patient with everything. Um, I think with with being patient in a relationship is very huge, especially with the divorce rates on how it is. Mm-hmm. And just because the rates are high doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen for you in your life. That's you right. know, so it's like as as long as people can keep their eyes off the number and just keep their eyes on the Lord, then they'll be fine. Well, we aren't statistics, mm-hmm. right? Statistics mm-hmm. kind of give us a guide. Yeah. But some people look at statistics and numbers as like, well, if this happens, this is probably going to occur. Everybody's yeah. an individual. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's like with uh, medication, you know, side effects. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody, side effects may be common to a certain extent, uh, but everybody is not going to have the same experience. Yeah. And I think that's with marriage and all that. Yeah. But what you think, man? Yeah. Um, I kind of, that last point saying that, um, shoot, I was going to quote you, but I don't remember it. But we're, like you said, we're not statistics. Um, right. Don't keep your eyes on statistics. Yeah. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Yeah. That was, that's a bar. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bar. I can uh, spit a lot of them. Blake's spitting them today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's, I think that's key. That's kind of uh, the way I look at it is, um, especially as believers, we want to find someone who is also a believer and a well-rounded individual who has a great faith and trust in the Lord. Um, and so is, yeah, I think if, the, for you and me, because uh, when we're looking for someone like that, I think as long mm-hmm. as we we stay patient, we stay faithful in that. I mean, we're going to find someone mm-hmm. who's who sees that and has the same viewpoint on it as we do. And I don't think that it doesn't really scare me as a believer because I feel like I'm like you said, I'm picky mm-hmm. and I want I want someone who is committed and wants to glorify the Lord. Um, that's a spouse and and everything they do. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't scare me in that, but it does scare me for. Uh, for friends and family members, because I've had family members who have been divorced. Luckily, I I didn't have to go through that as a child. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have family members who have been through divorces, and it's just seeing the effects it has on people um, is hard on on the children and hard on the family. Um, so it, divorce is just a it's an awful thing. Sometimes it's like you said, it is necessary. Sometimes you're, um, I mean, sometimes you, it's completely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you you don't want to do it if like my thing, my thing that I cannot stand is when some couples like something tiny will happen and then they just decide to break it off mm-hmm. right then and there. And that's, that's, that's what gets me is I can't stand that out. Like I'm a big fighter with whatever I do, like, especially with a, a relationship, like you can't just break it off when something bad happens. You have to try to fight through that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, commitment means something and yeah. a covenant yeah. before everybody and God. And I, that, that means mm-hmm. something. That's not just a piece of paper. Right. So, well, I'm upset. I can leave. I can do whatever. I will say this. My parents were divorced. You know, I think children of divorced parents, I think they kind of see that, oh, this is the way it can go. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a possibility. Mm-hmm. If you have a strong family unit, parents are together, you know, and all that. Now, I, my parents split when I was 19 years old. Uh, so I had a good upbringing with both parents mm-hmm. and all that. 
But I think that's an important thing to evaluate in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally, am I still, do I have this in me? Like mm-hmm. I have it, the, the thought, well, I can just get out if it gets hard. Mm-hmm. And I will say this too, younger people, I think it was Ben Shapiro that talked about this. Uh, you're more easily give and take. When you start getting 30, 40 years old, you're setting your ways, man. Yeah. And so, you know, finding somebody to kind of fit what, you know, you're not as moldable with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think y'all are in a good opportunity being younger. Uh, if you find somebody, good Christian woman, somebody that uh, that you could see building a life with, it's better to do it when you're younger, in my opinion. It For is. Sure. Uh, I got very lucky finding the girl <laughs> that I have. But in a, being younger and all that, if you find that and can build that, that's a really a beautiful thing. For sure. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about this. You know, I, I would not doubt that divorces are probably happening more because of how much more in today's society where, like we were talking about, where relationships are forced. Um, and, you know, it's like God, God knows what we want and what we need. And it's like if if we just recognize that and just be patient on his timing, you know, he'll give us the one that we want, the one that we need, you know? So it's, it's just all about being patient and waiting on him for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at some divorce statistics and I'm trying to find it, but I found a couple, mm-hmm. uh, 2020, let's see, let's see, 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce, 40 to 50%. Mm-hmm. So you practically have a 50% chance based on the statistics. We yeah. just said it's not all about statistics. And second marriage is 60 to 67%. But I think there's a component to where if you've done it before, you'll probably do it again. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're able to throw in the towel the first time, that's just kind of your personality. The way you're going to handle things, you'll probably do it again. Right. Uh, but I think guarding your heart is important, especially as a man in today's time. It's uh, yeah. that's rough out there, fellas. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Well, cool. Um. The speed of relationships today, you talked about, you know, how people don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like speed dating almost. Like yeah. I can date this, go out with this person tomorrow. I'll go on another date with somebody else. What's y'all's opinion on that? Uh, seems like from what you say, stick with one woman, kind of see how that yeah. goes. And, and is that how kind of you approach it? Yeah, for sure. And it's like, cause if I think about it this way, cause uh, this is one thing that I've worked through with my buddy Lincoln that i talked with him through and everything his earlier years in high school eighth grade well eighth grade is not high school but in his eighth grade year and sort of kind of beginning of ninth grade year or whatnot he would always tell me about how there's all the he has all these girls that he's in contact with that he's always hanging out with and everything and it was just I, I tried to tell him so many times and eventually he listened but I tried to tell him so many times about like it's just you you got to stick to one. You can't. I mean, yes, you can have your options open. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing wrong with having options open. But it's like if you're wanting to try to find the one in the in whatever state or moment you're at in your life, you know, you're wanting to find the one. Solely focus on one, like. There's there there shouldn't be a reason why you have ten girls in your DMs that you're texting twenty four seven. Um, because and none of them know exactly about, about each other. Exactly, yeah. and none of them know. Yeah, and so it's like because because with having your with having multiple people at the same time, you're not putting all of your effort, I guess you could say, into one person truly and faithfully. You know, um, you're not putting all of your focus 
into one person. Right. Um, and you know, and with a relationship, you kind of need that. It, you have to have that very important one-on-one connection with somebody and it has to be very, uh, very foundational. Well, that's what I think. I think it throws your focus off, mm-hmm. right? If you're, you're all your attention is spread out mm-hmm. more than having a singular focus, you know, but I would say, you know, especially if it's in early stages, like you just met, you know, or, or just trying to meet new people and all that, just have that expectation up front. Hey, I'm not in a committed relationship. I'm, you know, just communicating with multiple people and all that. I don't think that's a terrible thing. But I think once it starts to get, you know, going a couple of dates and all that, it's like, okay, I need to block out the noise. Let's see if this is for real. You right. know what I mean? Sure. And, and I think that's kind of the way I would approach it. What do mm-hmm. you think, Bo? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, taking, as far as the speed goes, I'm I'm someone who likes to, to take my time with it. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it can get frustrating. Um, and sometimes it can be hard to be patient because, uh, you, you know, sometimes you get, you want that, you know, you want something now because you see like other people with it, but it's just important to stay grounded in that patience. Um, but well, yeah. the, the loneliness hits you, man. And yeah, I don't think enough people, especially men, talk about that. Yeah. Like, it's it's tough. Yeah. You know, if you don't have family, you, you know, y'all have good families and all that. But, you know, there's people that are alone. And it, it's tough to be in a season of aloneness. But uh, but I think sometimes it's necessary for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, Social media and dating. What's y'all's thoughts? I'll leave it up to y'all to discuss. I can't stand social media. I'll tell you that right now. I can't either. I, I mean, stand I'm it. on there a decent amount, yeah. but it's just straight up for sports. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, all it is. Really? Like we were talking about Snapchat earlier. I cannot stand Snapchat. Yeah. The only reason I have it is because I had it a lot in high school and there's like memories that'll pop up. Mm. Yeah. And like me and my buddies talk about that all the time. And I Snapchat my buddies like just goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact like dating right now for our age, like. Mm-hmm. You start off with Snapchat, like you just you start snapping each other, and it's like I I can't stand it. I don't have one. Like like <laughs> nowadays, Gosh. if if a guy walks up to a girl or vice versa, is hey, can I get your snap? Yeah. Instead of it's, it's, let me so get your stupid. number. And yeah. see, that's y'all's generation. Yeah. I would ask for maybe Instagram or a yeah. number or whatever. Um, I'm a number guy. I just same. I can't stand social media. Like yeah. that's just how everyone communicates. Like just let me like let's just text and call. Well, you seem passionate about that. Kind of dive in on Snapchat. I talked about it uh with performance chiropractic mm-hmm. in Gaston, had mm-hmm. those guys on there. And uh and one of the guys said, you know, I got I just messaged a girl that was a friend. He's married, has kids and all that, mm-hmm. but just said, Hey, how have you been? You know, and he she screenshot it, sent it to her. <laughs> he's like, I was just saying, hey, and, but she took yeah. it as like, you know, yeah. um, but you get in a lot of, a lot of situations like that. That was my decision. I was like, I just don't see a lot of good in it that we have yeah. Instagram. We got other stuff. Like right. if I want to talk to somebody, I just didn't see the good in it. Kind of talk about why Snapchat is so, why you're so passionate about yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, one, it's clearly designed to be an app for nothing good to come from it. It's right. you send an app, you take, you take a picture, you send it. And unless they like save it or whatever, it's gone. Like you can't ever right. see it again. Yeah. Um, but so, the CIA can. Yeah. The CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <peek> it. <laughs> but it's just like, that's just a red flag for me in general. When you make an app specifically for like secrecy and like that, like that's, yeah. it's just, I can't, I can't stand the fact that that's like how most people communicate now. Yeah. Um, because not, I mean, what good can come from an app where you get to send stuff that um, immediately deletes like the temptation to do stuff like that when yeah. that's accessible is crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, so seeing, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I can't stand it. Like I just <laughs> I despise that app with yeah, everything yeah. inside of me. I yeah. mean, I've got it because me and my buddies like that's just how we talk yeah. to each other. Um, but I'm a big like just text or call me like yeah. especially call like I love I, I like just talking to people in general. I can't stand mm-hmm. like having to text each other because sometimes you can't tell like what they mean. Like yeah, yeah. It's, so it's it's hard to really tell but like instagram and stuff like that i'm fine with like i think it's cool to just 
watch and see what people are up to and everything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but on the other side of that, like some people will only post the highlights of their life. And from that, you can kind of compare yourself to it. So it's got its pros and its cons for sure. Um, but Snapchat, I, I can't stand. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've started deleting just the app, Facebook, Instagram, just off my phone. Yeah. And so, cause if I have it on there, I'm just easy to sit there and put then click it and get into it and all that. Yeah. But if I want to see something, I'm like, okay, I'm going to redownload it and all that. Um, but th- you know, I want to say this, I-, I said, nothing new is under the sun, mm-hmm. you know, even since the beginning of time, there's been temptation, all that we know about that, mm-hmm. but think about a thousand years ago versus today. Mm-hmm. Think about a hundred years ago versus today, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, to actually commit an act, you had to hop in your, uh, Ford 100, whatever it's called, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it's called, but, uh, you know, your cruiser and go down to the girl's house, whatever. But yeah. like now it's just instant. You know, mm. the temptation there is just so heavy. If y'all want to kind of dive into a little bit, mm-hmm. what do y'all feel about that? The temptation of just all the social media and having everything. You know, I'll, I'll continue off of a little bit of what you said there about, um, like, to commit the act, you have to full on go to the person's house and everything. Yeah. And it's like, I, I seriously feel like that's just how much social media has overtaken this world. It's like people need to get back to the traditional way um it's just everything's a lot smoother um it's more real i guess you could say that way that's big um because you're seriously like i mentioned making that one-on-one connection with somebody you know you're actually wanting to pursue a relationship with that person at that point and it's just with social media nowadays you can fake everything um nothing's real through it you can easily just be like, oh, yeah, let me just fake to this person just so that way they can feel happy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whenever I seriously don't even feel this way about this person. Right. You know, so it's, there's a lot of um, there's just a lot of fakeness through social media, dating and everything. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. You know, I uh, there was a guy he talked about, uh, you know, faking it, mm-hmm. you know, with women. And so they're, they're going to find out eventually, oh, yeah. like if you have this persona, why not just while you're single too? build up yourself yeah. and then you don't have to fake anything mm-hmm. you just say this is who i am and all that you're more confident than that that's just a better play i think in my opinion yeah. uh bo you kind of dive into snapchat what about the temptation of everything what you think yeah absolutely um especially like on instagram with we were talking earlier about um not you you don't want to share things like it's just to everyone so that yeah. there's no nothing that's private with you and your spouse yeah. um like there's so many people who just they post like everything God gave them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's like come on, like yeah. what are we doing? Um, yeah. And so like when you, I mean you sit there and you've you've got that available. There's temptations and and sin that comes from that. Um, it's it's just crazy like to see how how much has changed. Like from even when my parents were growing up, like um like they didn't have anything like that. Like you had to you had to put it in effort to go through there. You had so much time to be like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. and stop yourself. But now it's like, all right, you want it, you can get it. Type and of in thing. an instant, you can make a mistake and yeah. it's done. Dude. It's crazy. Yeah, and it um, it's sad because I mean, if that's our generation now, I mean, what's it going to look like in the future? You know, mm-hmm. when, when we have kids one day, hopefully uh, God, God willing, but it's just, it's crazy. And it, it's sad to see, um, the change and, um, how easy it is to fall into, into temptation. Um, it can be, it doesn't even have to be like something like pornography or anything. It could just be like doom scrolling. Like you, mm-hmm. you sit there and you're just scrolling and next thing you know, it's been an hour, hour and a half. And you're like, holy cow, like it's flying by. Um, yeah. and so, I mean, I catch, I have to set time limits on my phone because I'll just sit there on for 
uh, hours. And so I've got like 30 minutes total on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever, um, a day to do it, set up mm-hmm. a passcode and everything. So like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, someone else has put the passcode in. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, the level of temptations, like with just everything, like there's so many ways you can get caught up in social media now. So, well, think of biblically, like when they wrote about sin and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, don't commit adultery. Well, before, like, you had to go through, you had all these stops before you even got to the act. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like instantly. I mean, it's, it's there mm-hmm. and all that. It's definitely a different time for sure. Yeah. And, you know, going off of just temptations alone, uh, like I mentioned, I've been in the book of James a lot or whatnot. And the very first part of that, very first part of the book of James in chapter one is trials and temptations. Um, and starting in verse two, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And, you know, I, I was writing down my notes on that. And for, for a small short of time, I want to say maybe 10, 15 minutes, I would just, I, I just kept reading that over yep. and over to myself. Just to get a full grasp, not only for myself to teach myself to uh, to lean on that word, but also just so I could be able to jot something down to be able to help others out. And, you know, from what I got from that, you know, it's it's hard. A lot of people will ask, well, how in the world can you consider it joy mm-hmm. whenever temptations and trials come your way? And I, I had wrote down, I said, in Colossians 2. I'm big on this part of Colossians. On Colossians 2, it says, keep your eyes on the things above. Mm-hmm. And as long as you do that, any trials and temptations that come your way shouldn't even bother you at that point. If you're not mm-hmm. focused on what that trial or temptation is, sure, you'll recognize it and be like, oh, that's trying to get to me, you know? But it's like, as long as your eyes are set on the Lord, you're staying in his word and in contact with him daily with prayer, it's like that, that shouldn't even affect you, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and First uh, Corinthians, Paul writes. I think it's chapter ten. I could be wrong on that though, so don't quote me. Um, but it, it, I mean, he talks about how um, no matter what temptation you have, the Lord provides an escape to it. Yeah. Um, so even in a time where, I mean, you can click one button and be there um, and be in temptation about to to commit the sin. Like there's still there's still ways around it. Like mm. I mean, you could put blocks up on your phone or anything like that. Um, there's there's ways to to get around it and. That's that's how it'll be until the Lord returns. Is um, there's going to be sin like always, but the Lord's always going to provide a, an escape to it. So, mm-hmm. but I think yeah. intention is huge. Like yeah, you said, put sure. stops on your phone, all that. If you're not intentional now about you know wanting to do the right thing and all that, yep. you're going to stray. I mean, mm-hmm. I just really believe that's it. You got to really just think about um, how to proactively take care of things and put things on your phone, do whatever. Because the enemy's out there, and he's always at work. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate y'all sharing yeah, this. the no scripture, problem. man. That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, living with parents. So both of y'all yeah. live mm-hmm. with parents. And so now, how old are y'all, just to clarify? Uh, I'm that didn't listen. 21 in August. I just turned 21 in August. I'm 19 and a half. I'll turn 20 in April. Okay. So, so both living at home. Mm-hmm. I moved to co- I lived in college from at 21 and 22, and then until I was 24, I lived with my dad and then moved out, and I, that was it. Um, I think it's very important. Uh, when I started working, I still live with my parents as a mm-hmm. nurse, built up some money under me. I had that nest egg. So when I went out, it wasn't like I was freaking out. Like, yeah. if I don't get my paycheck, I'm going to drown and all that. Uh, what is your opinion on living with your parents? Uh, when Is there an age cap when you should be like, I got to get out of here? 
Mm-hmm. What's your overall thoughts? Bo, we'll start. We started with uh, yeah, Blake. We'll start with Bo. We'll start with Bo on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, my parents have been been very good to allow me to stay. Uh, they did that with my brother. He lived with us until he moved off to Georgia um, as a pastor. Um, I think he was 21 when he moved off, 21 or 22, and graduated from Jacksonville State University and moved out there. But my parents have never really, they're not the type to like the moment you turn 18 and you're out of high school, like you're off, like you're on your own type thing. They've been real supportive, just making sure that their kids are taken care of. Um, but at first I was like, I hated the idea of it. Um, had several friends move off to college or I mean, like playing collegiate baseball or other things, just going to school. Um, and I didn't do that. I stayed home. I took a year off work or I mean off school and worked um, and left and lived with my parents and literally lived in my parents' basement. So I am the guy who say <laughs> I live in my parents' basement. That's pretty sweet. Uh, though. <laughs> I mean, it's good. nice. I, I like it, but yeah, um, it's got its pros and its cons. Um, definitely. I mean, my parents don't make me pay like bills or anything or anything like that. Um, I do have, we kind of split my car payment just so I can have some practice with uh, setting money aside for that. Um, so they're kind of setting me up for the future in that. Um, it's nothing like crazy expensive where I'm like forced to like, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. It's just mm-hmm. something to, all right, you have this amount of money and they're just trying to teach me that way. So that's been very beneficial. Um, they've been very good at giving me like my privacy. Um, like it's not like they're helicopter parents. Um, they've been really good at uh, letting me come and go as long as like, they're not just going to let me live in their house and then never see them. Like they, they want to see <laughs> right. me. Um, so I, I mean, I come and go, I do stuff with friends and, um, I go out and grab coffee and stuff like that, but it's just, they've been really good at, they want to see me and we spend good, a good amount of time together, but it's been very good for me. Um, starting to, to f- like learn who I am as a person, um, having this freedom in a sense, it's not like I'm kicked out. And having to figure out everything on my own, they've been there for me, um, been right. very supportive. And um, as I'm starting to learn about adulthood and everything, it's been a good transition. Um, I think I'll be better off um, when I move out on my own because I'll, I'll have uh, kind of an idea of it rather than having to crawl by fire type of thing and just being mm-hmm. thrown into the into the dark. So yeah, yeah, the sink or swim method to me just isn't great. I mean, I yeah. know kids that did. It's yeah. like with your parents when you're 18, you got all your bills. You do, mm-hmm. man. I don't know. I mean, some some situations they have to. You mm-hmm. know, I think some parents have to do that because they can't uh, pay their bills and all that. It is what it is. But you know, I think there's a better way to do it. I think easing people into life is really a more beneficial way. Uh, Blake, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm almost practically in the same boat that Bo's in. Um, my my mom and dad's thing is they they honestly don't care how long I live there um, because as long as I'm working halfway providing for myself and whatnot, they they don't mind. They don't care. Mom, mom's even told me she was like she told me she was like, like, we just want to make sure you're prepared before you move out. Like, we're not even letting you move out until we know that you're fully capable fully prepared to be able to live on your own mm-hmm. and everything and so i've been let's see since i'm 21 i guess you could say i've been living in my parents house outside of high school for three years now or whatnot but it it doesn't bother them i mean they give me my privacy i mean whenever i need i mean i practically just go to work come back to my room and stay in my room the whole time practically mm-hmm. right. uh, i only come outside of my room if i need to get something to eat or something but um they they really don't care um they're great parents for sure um and they uh like how Bo was saying too like i mean i can come and go as i please 
uh, mom and dad told me they were like, we don't care where you go at whatever time. Just let us know where you're going mm-hmm. and when you'll be back home. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and whatnot, but it's, it's very easy pleasing or whatnot. I mean, in, in for a, an outlook on it or whatnot, I don't think it's a bad thing mm-hmm. or whatnot to live with your parents, especially if you're trying, like you're actually trying to prepare yeah. yourself to yeah. live on your own or whatnot. Right. If, if you're not really doing anything about it and you're just kind of living there nonchalantly, then maybe there's something that you need to get figured out with your life. Or whatnot, uh, just to be able to manage for yourself and um, be able to live on your own and whatnot. But I wouldn't say there's anything bad with it. Yeah, I think that that's the key is what are you working towards the goal mm-hmm. of being independent? Yes. Right? You know, and that that's really the key. Some people stay with their parents, 30s, 40s. I've seen that. And yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think you got to got to spread your wings uh, for oh, yeah. sure at some point, mm-hmm. and especially as a man. You got to get out there and do the for thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, helicopter parents. So mm-hmm. y'all's parents were much like mine, you know. Mm-hmm. My my dad was like, "Lock the door and come in, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. come in, whatever." You know, yeah. you're you're a grown man, you're an adult. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I know you probably have friends, maybe, where their parents might be a little more restricted and all that. You know, what's your thoughts on helicopter parents? Yeah, good, bad, what's thing. Um, so I do want to clarify because my parents would probably kill me if I didn't clarify. <laughs> but um, I do have like I still live under their like their rules. It's yes. their house. Like I yeah. still have to. Like they they'll let me stay out later, a lot later than I used to in high mm-hmm. school and everything. Sure. But they ask like, um, like be quiet when you come in, yeah. like look, make sure everything's like turned off and everything like mm-hmm. that. So and like make sure that my room's cleaned up well and everything. Um, but it's not like you're out there just balling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same time they are pretty pretty relaxed with me. Um, oh, yeah. The older I get, they've they've gotten more relaxed. Uh, they trust me more. So, um, but yeah, as far as helicopter parents go, um. I've got some friends who whose parents are very relaxed. Like it's kind of mind boggling to me, yeah. like how relaxed they are. Yeah. Um, but I would say honestly, like out of all of my friends, my parents are probably the the most strict. I don't think they're helicopter parents at all because I have like there are some people that I've known who have like crazy helicopter parents. Like, and it's just it's beyond me. Um, I think you just but I don't understand like they're your child and they want to you want to make sure that they're like good and everything like that, but there's still a level uh, a level of privacy and everything like that that you've got to show your your kids and freedom. I know that that'll I mean you got to be stricter when they're younger and everything like that, but the older mm-hmm. they get, you got to let them um basically trial by fire, you know, you got to let them um kind of learn some things. You can't just kind of shelter them because eventually you're I mean the parents aren't going to be there and if they don't know how to survive then well I mean, the world ain't going to shelter you. Yeah. Right. You know, that's, that's right. the thing and that's, that's something right. I learned uh you know Mom, mom and daddy ain't gonna always be there mm-hmm. you know you got to be able to stand on your own and especially as a man you know elliot hulse a guy i follow he talked about um in a lot of tribes and different things you know back in the back a long time ago uh there was a ritual where the man or the boy broke away from his mother and stood alone as a man mm-hmm. uh they take him up to the mountain have to do all these trials and all that and that's an interesting concept. I don't, I don't, th- yeah. I'm not really for that. I don't think I want to go to all that <laughs> no. stuff. But I think there is a time, uh, maybe a conversation, maybe mm-hmm. a sit down over a mature conversation where it's like, we, we need you to start moving in this pattern. You know, yeah. we need you to start growing and standing on your own. I think that's important, especially for a man to do. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think if, if the parents are too sheltered over their child, 
um, at any age. It can, it can. Well, you see it. I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, you know, people in their mid twenties, even thirties, like I meet people that are my age and I'm like, how, how are they my age? Yeah. How's that even possible? But we all have different factors and all that. Um, but there's kind of a common component sometimes where it's like, okay, you haven't went through trials, you know, you haven't Mm -hmm. grown up Mm -hmm. enough, you know, in some way. For whatever reason, a multitude of reasons. Like but, uh, everybody's got to learn at a certain point in time. Like, like you, you just have to to be able to live how you want to and how you would like to. Like, like you, you have to come to that point to where, like, okay, I have to start taking responsibility for myself. You mm-hmm. know, and with living with highly sheltered parents like that, it's almost improbable. Yeah. Well, um, I've talked about it all the time. Suffering is important. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially as a man, you need to suffer. You need to figure out what you like, what you don't like, right. all that. Because, like, you're not going to be your dad. You're not mm-hmm. going to be your mom. You're yeah. going to stand on your own. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important to do. Uh, but suffering is necessary. You need to kind of figure out, uh, you know, go through trials and all that. And it helps you grow. For sure. Mm-hmm. Through suffering produces growth. Yes, sir. Uh, so college. Mm-hmm. Bo's in college. Yep. Blake not. is not. So kind of talk about college. We've probably discussed it throughout the other two podcasts. A little plug, Blake is episode two, Bo is episode six. Yeah. Check the playlist yes. and check out those episodes in their entirety. But yeah. what is your view on college? Because one of you is, one of you is not. Uh, Blake, we'll start with you, man. What's yeah. your view on college? Um, I, and I was actually just talking to um, somebody, a customer or whatnot that came into work a little bit about this. But my view on college is it's a great thing. Um, it's a great way for people to find out if or if they already know um what they want to do with their life and everything um it's a great way a great pathway for people to figure out what they want to do for their future um for me i mean i had everything that i thought uh down down pat for what i was going to do with my future and god opened up another path for me um i was in college straight out of high school and as much as i didn't want to i sort of kind of felt forced uh, to go to college just because that's just the way it felt from my parents. And uh, I even mentioned to the pre- in my previous podcast or whatnot that I was on um, about how I overcame that and everything. But um, definitely for uh, anybody that needs this, you know, do what you want to do. Um, don't always, uh, for, for college-wise, don't always try to follow in your parents' footsteps to do what you want to do. Now, if it is something that you realize that your parents do and you really like that, pursue it. By all means, pursue it. But just make sure it is in your heart, like exactly what you want to do. Um, but I, I started out in college and started working uh, to be able to uh, afford my college and everything. Um, my grandmother, thankfully, helped me out for my first few semesters and everything. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to take on all the expenses at once. Um, but down the line, I started to have more job openings, uh, at my job that I'm at now at Hibbets. Uh, I started to have more job openings opening up. And so I had to start weighing my options, you know, do I stay in college for as many years as I need to, to get this hard earned degree that will make me tons of money? Or do I give everything that's being handed to me? Do I, do I just take everything that's being handed to me? And so it was like, the one thing is, is college will always be there. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if I have this different career path now, 
why not take it? It's just being handed to me in wide open arms. I can just take it at any moment. And so that's why I decided to do that and why I'm just putting college on a hiatus. If something goes wrong at Hibbets or whatnot, I find a downfall. Okay, uh, I'll go back to college. College is always going to be there. I'll finish up my degree and go from there. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, college isn't for everybody. Uh, there's plenty of jobs out there that you can get without going to college. Uh, the job I'm doing right now started as a minimal old sales associate, mm-hmm. and I'm working my way up the ladder as I speak or whatnot. But you just kind of have to find your own thing on what you like and what career path you want to choose. Mm-hmm. I think there yep. needs to be a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody yep. that goes to college, uh, art degrees, probably not the best thing. <laughs> I, there was there was some some acronym that I had never heard of, like MART, math. Uh, I don't I don't remember what it was, but it was like four topics, and those topics that's what you need to mm-hmm. go to college for. Like if it's those four things, yeah, I'm up to Google that here a little bit. Yeah, but uh, but Bo, you are in college. Yeah, I went through college. Obviously, have my doctorate and all that. Very uh, my parents and my grandmother, especially my grandmother, was like, uh, she helped me in college. Yeah, uh, I had the packed program. We're in Alabama. People listen all over on this. Um, so my my um undergraduate tuition was completely paid for through the PAC program. And then my grandmother was like, what if you want to go be a, a physician, a surgeon, whatever, I'll pay for it, whatever. I was like, yeah. well, I don't know if I want to be that, but, <laughs> but that's pretty intriguing. Right. But so did the nursing doctorate thing and all that. Yeah. Um, but that kind of pushed me to do that. Bo, you're in college. What's your experience, dude? Yeah. So when I graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to be. I had kind of um, gone back and forth with some ideas of career paths and just never really felt like 100% on anything. Um, so I convinced my parents to just let me take a year off and work, save up some money, um, try to just see where the Lord led me. Um, and through that, they were very supportive. Um, we luckily, my parents and I have the kind of the same view on college. It's changed a lot since when they were growing up. Um, they got to the point where when they were growing up, I think my mom was a she was the first person in her family to ever go and graduate from college. Oh, wow. um, she went to UAB. Dad graduated from Auburn. Um, so they both went to college. Um, so it's pretty neat to have two parents who have graduated from college, but are also willing to say, you don't have, you don't have to go to college. You could go to a trade school, graduate in two years and make more money than some people who go to off to college. You can, mm-hmm. I worked at Publix for a year. Um, that's a great, a great, um, where shopping is a pleasure. Hey, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great company to work your way up with. There's tons of benefits and, um, you can definitely be successful. Um, it just, I, I didn't really feel like that was for me. Um, so that was good. Now the taking a year off was, was good for me. Cause I realized like, I, I didn't think the, at least the grocery business was for me. So it was a good way to check something off and be like, I, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to, when that year was up, I decided to put myself back into college. I'd say I put myself in my parents are the ones paying for it. Sure. Um, I've been able to kind of get some scholarships though. Um, so that's been good to do my part. Um, but started off as a general studies, not knowing what I was going to do, then swapped to nursing um, because um, I love helping people and there's there's money in that. Um, and I love to travel. So I was like, man, travel nurse. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> sounds good. I've done it. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, um, I just don't think that the that's a career field where you either love it or you hate it. And yep. If you don't love it, then you're going to be miserable. Yep. Um, and so I just I took some time, really thought about it. I have a cousin who's a nurse. I have some friends who are in nursing school right now. Um, and just kind of talking to them, I didn't think that that would be a good fit for me. Um, but I've always been intrigued into the medical field. Um, so 
was just researching tons of different jobs. And my dad um, happens to be a pharmaceutical salesman. So been he's in the medical field, but he's more on the business side. Uh, so I've been able to talk with him about that and be able to shadow him um, a couple times. And that's just been, that was really cool. And I think I love what he does. Um, I think it's a really neat job um, to be able to, to be on the business side of uh, the medical things. And so I think uh, I would be successful in it. I think I have a personality to where I, I would be a good salesman. Um, and especially when it's for something that it's helping others, I think that that would just boost it even more. Um, so that's my plan now is to, to pursue that. Um, I was at first, I never really wanted to do it um, simply because my dad did it. I didn't want to make it seem like I had everything given to me. Sure. Um, I wanted to kind of be unique and do things just my own way. Uh, but which there's nothing wrong with doing that is being different. Um, I always wanted to be different, but um, it just kind of happened to the the more I like kind of grew up and realized, okay, like I got to make a decision. I was like, let's, let's give it a chance. I started hearing him out, kind of just watching the way he does things and uh, listening to how his company works and how that area um, is. And, really honestly like i have never felt more um like excited for the future um because i think this is going to be the direction that i need to go um so the plan right now actually just applied to auburn today so it was crazy so oh, hopefully hey, if I get in, grass, man. yeah we'll see yeah. if i get accepted but I, I should i think my grades are good enough and everything you should yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i hope you know we'll have to update here in a few weeks right, if I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah the plan would be to transfer there next fall um, it's been my dream school since i was little um, but my view on college, I would say, is it's it's good, but it's not needed. Um, there's there's yeah. several ways. Like you, you're a perfect mm-hmm. example. You don't have to do it um, mm-hmm. to be successful. I've got uh, one of my best friends. His name's Dalton Boyd. He goes to church mm-hmm. with us. Um, he went to I think Gadsden State for maybe a year, maybe not even that. Um, and worked his works at Publix, worked his way up, and now is a manager, making good money. Um, married to uh, one of my good friends, Kara Boyd. I've been able to get really close with them and, and now they're expecting their first child so you can be successful without a college degree you can. Um, sure. for anyone listening out there you can definitely be successful it's not something that's needed um for everything but it is needed for some jobs uh, but it's not something that if you don't go to college you're not going to be successful right. yeah well it's all about having a plan you know yeah, evaluate sure. it see like i want to become this like okay i can't become a nurse without going to nursing school like yeah. that's impossible right? <laughs> right you have to be certified credentialed all that yeah so if you want to do that you need to go to school get the credentials take the test get all that done uh but have some kind of end goal like going to just do uh general studies like people that get a general studies degree i'm not sure what the what the goal is especially to go in debt mm-hmm. to yeah, have exactly. that um i just don't really see a big benefit of that I looked up that it wasn't uh what did I say before that Mart, it was M A R T STEM <laughs> I was close it was, it was four it was four letters but STEM S T E M uh, science uh, technology engineering mathematics yes yes, yes. yes so I've heard of that that's before. like uh, a STEM degree yeah uh, that's the acronym okay. so but that's begun it but I will say about this with the nursing thing though that's that's bold that you stopped yeah there's a lot of miserable nurses out there man yeah. I've met them I've worked with them. Um, and, and I think that's, that's it. When you deal with people, uh, when you're taking care of people and stuff, you better like people, Yeah, you know, cause people can tell. And it's not uh, just something that you would be like having a hard time doing. I mean, it just makes it harder for the patients yeah. and everything yeah. like that. So it's not, it just won't be good for anybody. You yeah. know, and I didn't, I did not want to, I didn't want to make myself miserable and I definitely didn't want to make anyone else miserable. So, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, I encounter people all the time and I enjoy talking to people. I yeah. love it. I yeah. let them speak, you know, you know, you went to the doctor and they just like. 
okay, you have this. I'm going to give you this seat. They just walk out. Yeah. You know, I sit there and let people talk, and that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It brings people back. It's like they care. You know, they actually mm-hmm. care about it, and it's a big deal. Uh, but I would say anybody in any field that's going into it, just you need to enjoy it. Yep. You know, find what you enjoy and then go into that. Don't do it for the money. Mm-hmm. Money's good. Mm-hmm. Travel nursing money was great. It was good. Uh, you know, even nurse practitioner money's good and all that. And but you know, it, it's and it's part of it. You're mm-hmm. paid for that, but do it because you like it. Yeah. And you know, to kind of touch on that, I was going to kind of branch off of that too, is like finding what you love. You know, don't don't make your everyday job something miserable that you're going to hate every day of your life just because it pays good money, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I tell people this all the time, like, I would love to sit at home all day and just make money, whatever it is. Just be, it, it, it would be a dream to just sit at home, make money no matter what it is. But it's like I would I, I, I use this kind of, I guess you could say, scenario is I would rather work a job that I would love working at making five figures than going to work every day dreading it. And making six figures, you know, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. it makes more money doesn't make, doesn't mean that it's everything, you know, money. Yes. Money the root is the root of all evil. And that's why everybody just falls into it. Yeah. Oh, it makes a tons of money. I'm going to do it. And then they get into it and figure out that their life is starting to be miserable. They can't handle their family. They're having to work 50 hours a week, something like that, you know, and it's just like they, they start to be dreadful of everything and they have no rest can't have any time to themselves and whatnot and so it's like it's it's highly important to make sure that you find something that you love for sure yeah you said money's the root of all evil mm-hmm. but that's why it is because mm-hmm. it become a, it can become an idol yes right money's not bad no. like we need money to eat like to mm-hmm. live to yeah. have a home yeah. to do all that it's, it's our a human gr- nature that right. makes it evil that's right and we idolize it right mm-hmm. we, we say that it's the most important thing and all that mm-hmm. and i think that's why it can become uh the root of all evil is mm-hmm. because of that because the idolization of money right. more than money itself right yep cool man uh i recommend college just got to have a plan anybody out there if you're going to For college sure. if you want to do that uh more power to you but make sure you have an end goal in mind mm-hmm. um relaxing mm-hmm. taking time off a lot of men man it's hard for me to all day today yeah. i didn't relax and <laughs> i get the podcast tonight that's all i uh, did today was relax yeah yeah so <laughs> for people that find it hard to relax what would you say to them you know um it kind of you you have to look at your you have to look at what you're going through in that time if you start if you start to realize that you're not getting the relaxation that you need or time off that you need you have to look at why am i not getting that time off is there a way that i can cut these hours down to be able to have that time to myself whether it's four hours a day five hours a day something like that just to be able to have some downtime to yourself compress think about what you're going to do for the day or think about what you've done for the day you know, maybe as y'all like to do, grab a cup of coffee. That's it's right. not my cup of tea, but <laughs> grab a cup of coffee, you know, sit down, chill, yeah. watch some TV or something, you know, just finding the roots of why you're not getting that relaxation. And just, if you're able to cut those down, start cutting them down. So that way you can be able to have that time of relaxation to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say that, uh, relaxation is something that everyone needs regardless mm-hmm. of what you do. Um, it can be easy to, uh, to be chasing the bread and chasing all the money you can and uh, just work your, your butt off, especially as men. Like, I mean, well, we have the responsibility of being the 
the provider uh, once we have a family one day. And so it can be easy to get wrapped up in that and making sure that your family is taken care of well. And that can become an idol uh, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some time you've got to, you got to be willing to, to make time for yourself and for others, especially if you're a father. Yeah. Um, yes, you're the provider, but you also have a wife and you also have kids um, to be there for and to, That's right. um, to, and to provide for uh, not just financially, but also uh, spiritually, you're supposed to be the leader of the household. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's really important. And when I worked at Publix for that, for the year, um, I worked a lot. And when I wasn't working, I was sleeping. Like that was all I mm-hmm. did. Like I just worked, slept, woke up and repeated. And, yeah. um, that was a rough year. Uh, it was a good year. Um, I learned a lot. Um, but it was rough because I like felt alone a lot. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time, but it's hard to make time for that. And it was hard to, to love her the way that she needed to be loved. Um, hard to love myself the way I need to be loved. And it was just hard because I got so wrapped up and trying to get as much money as I possibly could. I was doing, starting to the photography on the side as well. So it was just mm-hmm. constantly busy. Um, but yeah, you got to make time for yourself. You got to make time for others as well. Um, give you something to chill, even if it's just in an hour or two, just sitting on the couch and just taking a deep breath and being able to rest a little bit. You know, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to rest so you can get back out there and continue to, to grind mm-hmm. you yeah, know the, i kind of i kind of went through that with um coming straight out of high school you know since i was in covid year or whatnot um everything ended in march 11th that was the exact day um was my last day of school and so it was like i had that whole spring of just chilling you know rest of my high school year i'm sitting at home doing nothing living life as a <laughs> high school kid and so it was like summertime comes around we finally have our graduation and whatnot summertime comes around and dad's starting to harp on me for getting a job and so it's like i'm trying to find the job that i want to have and everything couldn't ever really get anything and so then ended up working at chick-fil-a well since i started working that next fall after high school and started school that next fall it is started to become really rough because working at chick-fil-a I worked in the mornings because I just felt like it would be better for me and for my classes that I was taking and everything. And for a little bit, for the first few months or so, I, I'd say even the first semester, it was honestly kind of fine because I was kind of just uh, getting used to this is what I'm going to have to deal with if I'm wanting to go to school, if what I'm going to school for is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have to go to work, make this money to be able to pay for school and do my schoolwork on top of that. But after some time goes on with doing that i'm waking up at at this time five every morning to get there at 5 30 or six it was one of the two and then work there until two with chick-fil-a being packed as everybody knows it um i'm drained from that i'm physically drained from it and so it's like i get home i crash immediately and next thing you know i wake up and it's like maybe six six thirty already and it's like oh shoot i got schoolwork to do mm-hmm. so now i'm doing schoolwork coming off of taking a nap from work and it's like i don't have any time to myself you know just to sit there and just chill sure i took a nap for four hours but i'm not getting any time to just relax fully you know and it's just like it was it was very heavy on me and that's that's where i just ended up stopping school and i was like i need i need to find me a job that i can work and do school at the same time or whatnot, mm. and then eventually turned into where I'm at now. Yeah, just the intentionality of mm. taking time to yourself, relaxing, all that. And the older you get, the harder it is. Because yeah. I don't even have 
a family yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to have a family. That's a whole other realm of of time that uh that occupies your time and all that. But I yeah. think it's uh, being intentional about mm-hmm. rest and all that is very important. Mm-hmm. All right, so Christianity. Mm-hmm. Want to open up a little bit about that? Uh, we talked about Christianity on both of the podcasts. Again, a shameless plug. Go check those out. But uh, I wrote down people dispute Jesus. All right, mm-hmm. I had a lot of people. A lot of people comment. I post a lot of shorts during the week. Mm-hmm. Talk about Christianity. And I like once a week get a comment like God isn't real. You know, yeah. that's all they'll say. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to that? What would you say if somebody that said that God isn't real? That's a loaded question. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I could go so many directions to that. And but. I think it's easy to like bring up scripture and all this stuff. Um, but we have personal accounts too. I think mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in you and all that. Sometimes that's hard to explain, but mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, but I just want to clarify no, that. Good. Um, I mean, first of all, I'd say that I mean, I one, I'm living proof that God is real. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that just uh, I mean, just me being the lowest lows of my of my life and not really having any sort of direction and not feeling any sort of purpose. Um, and then just, you know, you throw on a worship song or you're reading your Bible and it's like the presence of God just hits you and you're like, man, like there's, there's nothing better. Um, it's hard to explain that. It is. It's, 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 real. it's, it's, yeah, it's really hard to explain it unless you've experienced it. And, um, and, you know, and a lot of times when people say, like, God isn't real, um, especially here in the States where we live at in the Bible Belt in the South, um, you know, it it could come from someone who grew up Christian, who went through a hard time, um, and they felt like God wasn't there for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of people that I have met who, when they don't believe in Christ, it's because they've gone through a whole, um, a whole season of life that was very hard. I had a teacher in high school who would openly talk about how he hated God and didn't believe that God was real. Mm. Um, and it was, it was hard cause his dad, I think died of cancer when he was like 16 mm. or 17. So he was in high school, a uh, real important time of his life and seeing your dad suffer and pass away is hard. Um, and he blamed God for it. Um, just angry and has that hatred for God. Um, and me and him would talk about it. Um, sometimes in class we'd, it was during our lunch period and when lunch would come around and we'd be eating, we'd eat in the class every now and then. um, we, me and him would talk about it, and um, because he he told me one time, like he like he liked talking to me about God because uh, he said I was like gentle about it, like I wasn't like shaming him right. for not believing it, and that's that's how we should be. Like if that's you, right. you don't need to be talking like down on people when they don't believe in God. You're supposed to love them, and right. so he said like you're like one of the only Christians that I would ever talk to about this because all the other ones would just down me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's heartbreaking as a it Christian. Is. It is. Um, and it so is. we would talk about it and. Um, towards the end of the year, I realized like, I mean, I'm not going to be in this guy's class much longer. So I just, I just told him, like asked him if I could just be like straight up with him. Like, can I just do it? Like, just say how I feel. And he's like, yeah, like, of course, like he, we had a very good relationship, like mutual respect. And I respected yeah. his opinion. He respected mine. Um, and I asked him like, tell me, why do you hate God? And he said, because like you take a man, my, my dad, who has a 16 year old boy and uh, allow him to get cancer and to suffer and to die. Um, like, I just, I can't believe, um, it's something like a God who loves everyone, who's all loving, all knowing, all powerful would allow something like that to happen. Um, and like he said, like, that's why I hate God. And I mean, like I just openly said, I was like, how can you, how can you hate somebody if they don't exist? Um, like it's, it's not possible. And Mm. he's like, that's a good point. And then I started to talk to him. I was like, look, every single one of us, has our own battles. We experience things. Not, not everyone has a father um, who passed away to cancer, but they have their own battles, their own struggles. And 
Um, it's easy to, to put the blame on something. It could be on God. It could be on other people. It could be on yourself. Um, but it, it's hard to, to be in that struggle and to, to see, like, there's, there's, to think there's got to be something bigger. There's got to be something better. It's real easy to get down with that. And that's really how the enemy can get us, um, is through stuff like that. You mentioned James 1 with trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and considering it, um, as believers, we should consider it joy because mm-hmm. it's testing of our faith. Um, and there's some people who, um, like they, they're not deep in their faith or they just, they don't have faith at all. And so it's something as believers, we have that hope. Like when something bad happens, we know that there's a greater good, but with other people who don't believe in God, it's easy to be like, man, like there's if a God, it's all loving and all powerful. Like how can they allow that? So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of questions towards that. Um, but the reality is, is that we live in a simple world. Um, bad things are going to happen. Um, but luckily we believe in a God, us three believe in a God and we serve a God who, um, gets us an escape from that pain and suffering and all the sin gives us a way out of it to be with him in a place where there is no pain and suffering. We're just constantly, um, in the, in the presence of a good and Lord who's perfect. So Mm -hmm. that's right. That's right. Well, you know, Satan rules this planet, Mm -hmm. you know, God is here, but Satan rules it. You know, that's why they're suffering and all that. And it's almost like we point to God, like, why does God allow all this? Mm-hmm. But why does Satan do all this? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good question, too. Yeah. Um, you know, but God has a master plan. And I think um, Wes Beck, episode 14 on the podcast, he talked about how God is like five steps removed, you know, from our understanding. Like, you know, you go through something and then you look back like years later and like, oh, my gosh, that was actually, you know, God already knows that. Yeah. God is already so far removed from it. He knows everything that's happening. And he does. Uh, he uses our suffering for good. It tests our uh, faith and perseverance for sure. Mm-hmm. Blake, for sure. what's your thoughts, man? You know, uh, me thinking about it, you know, I I seen this thing one time. Um, this guy on TikTok was uh, reacting to a comment that somebody said on one of his videos about how God isn't real. And I can't remember exactly what he said, but uh, there's a Christian rapper that I listen to, Caleb Gordon. He um, He has this line where uh, he was talking about how somebody was telling him, you know, God isn't real. Like, why do you even believe in something like that? And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, they have to see it to believe it type of thing. Right. And one of Caleb Gordon's uh, lines was, you can't see the air, but every day you're still going to breathe. And, you know, is you don't always have to see something just to believe it. It's, it's not always about seeing. And if you want to see something, you can look at our lives. Um, just ask me my story and I'll tell you and show you everything that God has done in my life. And it's just, it's, it's a very touchy subject and because a lot of people can take it so many different ways and they can bring up so many different points. And like you were talking about with how, um, how a lot of people more of pushed Christianity on that teacher, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's very hard to get to people nowadays with trying to explain to them how God is real. Mm-hmm. And just because a, a lot of it has been forced on people. Um, a coworker of mine, my store manager, she's a great person. She's phenomenal. And me and her are really good friends and whatnot. And we're great coworkers together. But she, she went through in her younger days, I guess you could say a church hurt, what people consider church hurt. She had went to church years ago whenever she was a kid and got weirded out by the things that was going on in that church and everything. Mm -hmm. And she was essentially like, I'm never stepping foot in the church again. 
Yeah. Um, and so it's like there's been so many times where I want to bring it up to her. Um, she knows for sure that I'm a Christian. She knows I go to church. Um, my actions show it so much in, in the way that I am towards her in certain situations and whatnot. And it's like so much of me wants to be able to share to her. And it's like just trying to find that right time to be able to do so um, because she could be such a better person than what she is. Not saying she's a bad person because mm-hmm. she's great, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very hard for me to reach her and me just trying to figure out how I can go about it without being too, at, if she was to look at it this way, too judgmental mm-hmm. towards her or whatnot, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very touchy nowadays with, with most people because they've been to church and had church hurt, so to speak, or whatnot. Well, they say judgmental. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of Christians are judgmental. They're yeah, judgmental sure. of people and all that. Mm-hmm. But the thing, uh, the theme that I bring up a lot, uh, God doesn't hurt you. No. It's the people that hurt you, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to differentiate between the two and separate that and say, you know, this was an individual. They're human. You know, mm-hmm. we're all human. We all make mistakes and all that. Mm-hmm. But you have to accept that fact that people that hurt you in the church uh, treat you poorly and all that. That's yeah. not God hurting you. Yeah. You know, that's people hurting you through sinful way and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big differentiation there. Yeah. Um, how do we know we're saved? Mm. That's good. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, conversion is my thing with mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit is the way we have a confidence with the Holy Spirit. Um, when you're, when you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, um, through, through conversion. Um, and when you'll know when you're saved, because when you, when you sin, you'll feel that guilt and you'll feel the shame and you'll feel the, the right. man, like I'm not, I'm not glorifying God through that. And mm-hmm. if you don't feel that kind of a red flag, you yeah. may not be saved. Right. Um, and there's several people, um, good friends of mine, um, family members who gone to church their whole life, prayed a prayer when they were six, eight, ten years old. Um, prayed a prayer and have continued to live a life however they wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. And just with this hope of, hey, I prayed a prayer when I was little. I get to live how I want to and I'll be in heaven one day. It's really common in the Bible Belt. Um, it's a sure. like cultural Christianity is what they refer to it as. And right. Um, people tons of that's what my school was filled with and it was so mm-hmm. frustrating i was one of them for the long like through all of high school really until mm-hmm. right at the end um you know i would uh, i mean praise god sunday and wednesday but then monday tuesday thursday friday mm-hmm. saturday i was you would have no idea from the way i spoke and the way i acted yeah. right um and so it's you'll know um once 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 the holy spirit um indwells in you when you i mean when you just decide like hey like i mean I'm here for one reason, one reason only, and it's to glorify God. And you surrender mm-hmm. to that, and and you're saved. You'll you'll have that conversion. Uh, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and empowers you to do everything you do. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, I would say conversion. Like mm-hmm. you'll you'll know when you're saved by through conversion, and your your desires will start to change. The things you want will start to change. You'll start to look at sin completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you, I mean, it may take like months, and you look back at where you were months ago, and you're like, man, like I've changed a lot. Um, the things I used to, to want and used to crave, I don't crave anymore. I'm craving holy things and better things. Right. Um, so the, the Holy Spirit is what changes us, changes mm-hmm. our desires. Um, so yeah, I would say the receiving of the Holy Spirit and just him changing you. Yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. talked that much about this on the podcast, but I went through a period of doubt in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably when I was 14, 15 years old, maybe, maybe a little bit older, Yeah, but, uh, I talked about an episode or two ago, but my grandmother, you know, I, I could approach her about it. My dad's mother. 
Um, she had pamphlets, all this kind of information on yeah, it and yeah. all that. Like, why do Christians doubt? That was literally on the front of the pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me a lot of good information. But I would say that, too, about um, if you know you're saved, is there conviction? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think even if we and I'm not saying every single time you sin and all that, you just feel terrible and all right. that. But like there's something inside of you that it has some conviction about about wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Like you a know? you know better type of thing. Right. Right. Right, yep. and I think that's the Holy Spirit working within you, trying mm-hmm. to sharpen you, grow you, and all that uh, out of that. But I think that's a good thing to point to uh, mm-hmm. somebody that asks, kind of like, "How do I confirm, you know, that I am? Can you sin all the time, mm-hmm. not re- not feel the need to repent, not have conviction at mm-hmm. all? You know, if you can do all that, to me, there might be a question as mm-hmm. to where the Holy Spirit is working within you. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. I think people stray away and can come back and all that. That's a real thing." Yeah. But I think you definitely need to look toward that to uh to see. Yeah. yeah. But and, and I think um conversion is, is is so true. You know, if I'm gonna be honest, I haven't heard of that before. So that's a really good point. Um pointing that out. Um I what I've heard in the past is if you're if you're ninety nine percent sure, ninety nine percent sure that you're saved, you're a hundred percent lost. If you have to sit there and question and question and question is God working in my life? Am I doing the things that I need to do? You know, kind of that, I guess you say panic in your life, you know, what is going on and everything, you know, you, you have to really sit there and think, did something in my life change? Did, did I even change for the better? You know, and it's just like, <sighs> let me think. Cause you know, we're both not, we're, well, all three of us are not Philosoph- we're not philosophers, right? Yeah, sure. we, we don't have all the teaching. Maybe if we had a um, Hunter Heinzman in here, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, he'd give us some some stuff on that. I want to get him on the podcast, actually. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'll say this though. Um, I mean, there's times where Christians doubt, and mm-hmm. you're like, especially me. Like, if, if you're young in your faith, and you're like, man, like, what if I'm not saved? Like, what if, like, I, what if I'm not doing it right? What if I'm not going to be in heaven with Jesus one day? Like. Like that's that's natural for especially someone young in their faith to kind of question like where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing is, is about the Bible is that it, it tells us multiple times if you believe in God, you have a confidence that you're saved. Mm-hmm. Like it, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you call on the name of the Lord and you and you, I mean, you confess your sins, you repent, you confess your sins to other, and you go and you proclaim the name of Jesus, you have a hope that you mm-hmm. have the Holy Spirit because we we know like if you are a follower of Christ and you receive. And you go and you proclaim. You have the Holy Spirit, and and that's you can have a confidence of that. You don't have to question yeah. like if you're saved. So I mean, if you're if someone listens out there and they're wondering like, am I saved? Am I a believer? If you have surrendered your life and you say this is my only purpose, I want to glorify God. I mean, you have a confidence like you'll be with the Lord one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you don't have to question at that point. Let, let me ask y'all this too, just so that way I can get a better understanding or mm-hmm. whatnot. That that saying that I brought up though. 99% sure you're saved, 100% sure you're lost. Mm-hmm. What's y'all's takes on that? I disagree. Yeah, okay. I disagree as well. I, I think disagree. there's times where we'll question and be like, man, like, like, I mean, even if you sin, you're like, man, like, am I really, like, am I really mm-hmm. a believer? Am I, mm-hmm. am I following Christ? Like, there's going to be times where you're, I mean, there's self-reflection where you're questioning, like, am I, am I truly a follower of Christ if I just sin and stuff like that? Like, there's going to be times where you question and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I get what that, of the person who first said that I, I understand like what they're trying to say yeah mm-hmm. um like you should be 100 percent. but i mean there's going to be times of doubts um okay there's going to be times where you question but emotions um, flow yeah emotions yeah, exactly. are random sure. you know yeah. thoughts are random yeah uh and you can go through things that can kind of impact you in that way 
I think everybody goes through periods of questioning, talking about Southern Baptist. I grew up Southern Baptist my whole life. Yep. You sit in the pew, you sing your hymns, mm-hmm. and you don't question anything. Like, right. And I think that is so damaging yeah. in the South that, that the Christian way is that. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to question. Like, you're going to be curious, you know, especially growing up as a child and all that. It's good to question it. Mm-hmm. What's the harm in questioning something that is concrete and true? Mm-hmm. Question it. Test it. All that and see that this is real, you yeah. know, and it's true. And Jesus, um, you notice that Jesus would always tell the kids, like, to allow the kids to come to me so that, mm-hmm. I mean, they would go to him, ask him questions so he could teach them. Like, you don't see, like, Jesus cutting them off and be like, hey, like, don't don't ask questions. Like, this is just how it is. Like, he, I mean, when there's people holding kids back, Jesus is like, no, like, let the kids come. Let mm-hmm. them ask questions, stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. just, that's the way it's supposed to be. You want to learn. You want to know. Um, and honestly, if you don't, if you're not asking questions, that's really how, you have false teachers who are able to get away with things, that's right. you know, uh, and just, dude, I mean, I was a part of, when you say church hurt, I was a part mm-hmm. of something like that at uh, one of my previous churches, um, people not wanting to ask questions. And it, luckily there was people in the church who are willing to stand up and willing to ask questions and realize like, Hey, like this, it's not really lining up with scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if it's continuing with what you said, like I would, you got to ask questions. Gotcha. Like yeah. the, I was Southern Baptist um, and everything like that, but it shouldn't be like someone gets on stage, you sing your hymns, you you listen to them preach, and you're like, all right, what they're saying is true. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. Go out and live your life type of thing. Right. But that, that's why I think our personal walk's important. It's mm-hmm. good to be in a body of believers, a church and all that, but Meadowbrook's pastor, where yeah. we go, you know, he talks about that. Your quiet time's important, you yeah. know? Um, did you break the <laughs> It doesn't, all these are broken. I, I, I was like, that go. I looked broke down and I saw his. I was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's good. You know, it's uh, it's good to verify things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. a normal thing. But I know where that person that told you that, mm-hmm. I kind of know where they were going with that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's normal. Uh, we're human. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's impossible to 100% uh, be confident all the time. Yeah. You know, our emotions and all that flow. Yeah. But I, I think the constants the is. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah. um, at my old church, that's. The pastor that was there, he he harped on that a lot or whatnot, and that's what he almost solidified his invitations around or whatnot. So I appreciate the different outlook or whatnot. Help me grow mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can ask a bunch of different people that they may have a different opinion mm-hmm. on yeah. that. But I think that can be damaging because mm-hmm. I think that takes away from the human experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And it gives people who don't believe kind of this expectation. Like Exactly. Like it just, I feel like it furthers the gap of mm-hmm. from a believer. They're like, man, I could never be like that. So. Or if they start to believe in God and then they're still doubting, they're like, oh, I'm not saved. Like, you know, yeah. it's just, I feel it's like that just cre- yeah, it just creates, creates a neg- negative self-talk. Yeah. And all yeah. That. yeah. It just yeah. creates, yeah. and it kind of elevates Christians. Um, Like, it just makes it seem like they're perfect compared to people who aren't believers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So That's I just, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I get with what they were trying to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't think it. I just don't agree with it. Kind of like a fire and brimstone approach. Yeah. And that's yeah. the way a lot of Southern Baptist is, yeah. you know, uh, it's just, you know, um, almost inhumane mm-hmm. you know and all yeah. that but it is what it is yeah uh but that's why that's how we grow mm-hmm. is we ask questions we talk and all that um life before versus life after you're saved so Ooh. you've already talked about that yeah mm-hmm. um i talk, I've, I've talked about my journey early on in the podcast about my faith and all that got saved when i was like eight seven mm-hmm. eight years old uh pretty young so been saved for a long time uh, got away, came back, all that. I think that's natural uh, yeah. sometimes to do. But what was y'all's journey like uh, before and after you were saved? You know, I, mine, 
mine wasn't really honestly like too much of anything because I was saved at a young age. Um, what age was I? O two, fourteen. So I was twelve years old. Okay. Um, I was twelve years old. No, I was eleven, getting ready to turn twelve. Um, but before I had gotten saved, um, with I, we have mentioned this in uh my past podcast, but uh with growing up with military parents, um, military language is all you hear, uh, especially if they aren't saved. Um, so I mean, it was slowly but surely being enrooted into my type of language. Um, obviously mom and dad never heard it, but anytime I was around my friends at school, whatnot, Mm -hmm. it's flying. And, uh, and so like it was, that was really the only thing that I ever went through with it or whatnot. Um, like I mentioned, uh, I grew up in church with my grandparents and everything while I lived in Texas. And so it was like, I always knew God was real. God was there and everything. Um, but it was whenever I was 11 years old here in Alabama at my previous church that I really started to see how everything was, yeah. especially with growing up and seeing how the school was that I went to, a lot of different changes and whatnot, that I really realized like, hey, my life isn't where it needs to be. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of things have to change mm-hmm. and everything. And once I got saved, it was a completely flip script. Um, I I couldn't tell enough people yeah. about what had happened. Um. And with me being at a young age then, it's like, at that point, I didn't care who knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would tell people, like, I ain't, I ain't rocking with y'all anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and so it was a complete flip script, and everything's changed for the better. And it's been ups and downs since then. But, I mean, you're going to go through those. You know, you're going to have the lows. You're going to have the highs throughout life and everything. Sure. But God's with you every step of the way, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, so I was saved. I prayed the sinner's prayer, I'll put it that way. When I was six years old, I got baptized, um, but never, I understood as much as I possibly could, I think, for a six-year-old. Um, grew up, church, and I mean, in the doors every time they were open. Um, but I never really, I don't think I ever really had a, a deep level of, of faith um, until like my junior, senior of high school, really my senior year is when the change started to happen. Um, but yeah, I was introduced to pornography in middle school. Um, and that took off, uh, got addicted, was addicted for like six, six and a half years before I finally spoke up about it. Um, uh, because I felt the conviction when I really started to put my, um, put my trust and my faith in the Lord, uh, like a hundred percent and say, all right, like I'm laying down my life, picking up my cross daily. Um, and just going to pursue him. Uh, so I spoke up about it, uh, was seeking help, seeking refuge. Um, and that was, that was really when I, started to, my life after I accepted Christ was when I realized like um I think I I got rebaptized after I had come up uh, um come out about it and started talking to people um because I felt like when, when you're when you're baptizing you're proclaiming uh, publicly that I have accepted Christ and I'm laying down my life right. and I did that when I was 6 years old um but the re- the reality is is I wasn't doing that um so I made a proclamation at six years old that I didn't follow through with. I don't agree with the the with getting baptized twice. I think you can mm-hmm. only you should only truly get baptized once. I agree. Um for sure. But I, I sat down with Pastor Randy and, and Chad um and talked about it. And um they they agreed that um that 
like you could kind of make a case for it for me because they think that the way Chad puts it, I love the way he says, <laughs> um, he says like, I got dunked. Yeah. Uh, I got dunked when I was six years old, but then, um, I got baptized when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, it was that when I got baptized, it was a little over a year ago, actually. It was pretty neat, um, uh, to see that pop up. But that was, that was the time where I, I was raised or I was lowered into the water and I came up and I knew like when, when I felt that water dripping off of me, like, all right, like this is it. And so now like I publicly talk about my struggles with pornography and other things as well. Um, because I'm laying down my life at this point. That's, that's who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's honestly my ministry now. Um, the amount of conversations I've had with guys in particular, um, about it has been phenomenal and it's been something that I can use to, to further my relationship with the Lord and, um, to be able to use that to help out other guys as well, because that's such a common struggle. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool to see the change, um, with who I was specifically in high schools and looking at the way I acted, the way I talked, um, to looking at the man that I'm, I am now and the man that I'm becoming with, um, it's just like a complete 180. So it's been pretty neat to see. And, uh, it's pretty, I've got some high hopes for where I'm going to be in the future and just, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty for neat. sure. Yeah. Both your testimony is powerful, man. I mm-hmm. appreciate y'all share, uh, yeah. sharing that mm-hmm. once saved, always saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty, it's a, it's a disputable thing. By yeah, a lot that, of that is a hot right. topic. What is y'all's uh, thoughts on that? I'll, I'll let go you first. go first. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think once saved, um, always saved. I think I've known people, I've had, uh, friends who have uh, proclaimed that uh, Jesus is Lord. And then, uh, 180, um, to kind of renounce the faith and become, um, atheist or agnostic, whatever. Um, but I don't think that they were truly saved. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I think that, um, there's only one true God. And I think if you, um, receive the Holy spirit and I mean, you lay down your life, I mean, you, you can't run from that. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I've, there's someone that I used to go to church with who, uh, started dating a man who was atheist. Um, and, Constantly. I mean, she would take notes. She'd raise her hands during worship and everything like that. But um, started dating a guy who was atheist. She knew he was atheist. Um, and he, I mean, would just start talking about it and would kind of, I mean, he kind of like basically just broke her faith down. Mm-hmm. Um, and she became atheist. And it's just, I mean, she asked how I felt about it. And I said, I just, I don't think you were ever really safe. Like mm-hmm. you just, I don't know. I just, I mean, it says you know, in the Bible for, I mentioned it earlier, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you truly call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved and you don't, you can't lose that. Like, it's right. just, I, I don't understand it when people say, yeah, like I was a Christian, but I'm not now. Like, it's just, that's not how, how it is, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And well, so, that's why I think being unequally yoked, yeah, you know, talking about sure. that in the Bible, that's, you know, who you're around, whether it be friends, whatever, it can really impact you. Mm-hmm. And I think people can break you down, man, mm-hmm. if yeah. you're not equally yoked and have the, uh, like mindset for sure it's a dangerous thing mm-hmm. yeah for sure like, like you had mentioned conversion being the big one um there <laughs> there has to be a a true sign yeah. that there was a complete 180 from what you used to be to what you are now mm-hmm. you know there has to be a a a clear sign that this this is who i was yeah. and this is who right. i am and i don't want to be like the past anymore the past needs to stay there and I need to move on. You know, this is a new me, a new life. We've been born again, everything, you know. And it's like if you, okay, confess that day one and then a week down the road, you just kind of slowly but surely merge into your old ways. There was nothing really there. Yeah. yeah. You see like people go into like the worship services and mm-hmm. conferences and they'll be on that high and then they'll get back to life. It's like it just 
goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And so that's when you kind of realize like they're probably, they're just, they're a Christian. Yeah. I, I put that in quotation marks because they're not. They're just yeah. someone who, who thrives on, on the emotional highs and everything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I was in the past. I would get and high. I think, and I think with, with being truly saved, there will be evident fruit in your mm-hmm. life for sure right. yeah. if there's not if nothing if there's nothing that's came out of you considering yourself being saved there, there was nothing truly there to begin with you mm-hmm. know sure you'll say oh well god was working on me and everything sure because the holy spirit's going to convict no matter what um the holy spirit's always going to be there but it's you accepting that into your life is what really changes you. Yeah, mm, for sure. Powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, gentlemen. Yeah, no problem. We went about an hour 30, man. We're about <laughs> to wrap it up. Now, usually yeah. I end with like the 5, 10, 20 year plan, all mm-hmm. that, but we've already shared all that. Yeah. I'll just leave it open, uh, open topic, man. Anything y'all want to discuss? Any last minute thoughts? Ooh. You go first. Anything? You go first? I, sure. I have nothing fresh on my mind. Okay. So you got to go. Um, well, then I'll, I'll bring up what, what I had mentioned because uh, I wanted to talk about something. Uh, something that's been big on my mind sure, that man. I had a tough time getting the courage to speak to my father about. Okay. Um, it, it was something that has been on my heart for a while with my father. Uh, I know he's going to watch this. And um, for the longest, uh, I've always struggled with my dad um, being able to trust him as a godly father mm. um, because it was always on this repeating cycle of I'm going to be a Christian father, live how I should. And maybe two months after that, right back to typical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, anything bad or horrible, but language would change majorly. Actions would change majorly. Then something would happen and he'd be like, okay, like I, I really need to do different. Yeah. Then we're just back in the same cycle over and over again. And, you know, it was always hard for me because I could never have that, christ-like father figure to be able to talk to have those conversations with and everything and sure i would have him whenever he's in that section of his life of trying to be a christ-like father and so it was like i i prayed for him daily i always have and i sat down a few months ago and i was having a rough time and i was like let me go through the book of james it's five chapters takes 30 minutes to read not 30 minutes flying through it. It's sit down. You're seriously honed in on the word. Letting God speak to you it takes 30 minutes to read. It's, it's not that long of a book. Mm-hmm. And it has so many great points in it. And in James 3, uh, yeah, James 3 verses 9 through 12, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be and then it comes with my favorite question can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring my brothers and sisters can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs neither can a salt spring produce fresh water and that really hit home to me and i was like you know it it just doesn't make sense yeah. How how people can go from praising God one day to cursing somebody out on the sidewalk the next. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to build up the courage so much to go and talk to my father. And I went to him. He was in the kitchen. I think they just got home from something. He was in the kitchen and uh, I was making me something to eat for dinner that night. I said, Dad, I said, 
I got a question for you. I said, can salt water and fresh water come from the same spring? And he was sitting there thinking about it. And I, I told him, I said, it's not a trick question. I said, there's, there's no joke to it. Like, can salt water and fresh water come from the same spring? And he said that I can think of, no. And I said, then why do people praise God out of the same mouth they curse people with? And he goes, that's a very good point. And he said, I know where you're getting at with that. You, you're, you're getting at that with me. He said, I can feel it. I know it. And, um, and I think it was on a Sunday that I had said that to him. And he was like, you know, there was a lot at church today that I realized where the people I'm hanging around isn't who I need to be around. And he said, out there on the road, because he's an over-the-road truck driver, he said, out there on the road, I'm a totally different person. Yeah. He said, my so-called friends that I have that I talk on the phone with every day is what influences me to be how I am. Mm -hmm. And um, he was like, I need to change, you know? And so he said, I need to be involved with the church more. He said, that's, that's why I am who I am, why I act the way I act. He said, because I'm not involved with the church. If I'm around Christ-like people, like-minded people, I will be of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, and it that's was why the church is there. Very yeah, true. That's, that's why it's there. Because he, mm -hmm. he would always make up so many excuses on why he didn't want to go to church. I'm not feeling the best. I have a headache. I have to get ready for the road this week. Something like that. And wouldn't go to church. And every time I would sit there and question and just pray, why is he not going? Why is he not going? And so... He has thankfully gotten more involved with the church. He has been going more constantly on Sundays, and um, he's been into his word a lot more or whatnot, and praise God for it that he's changed. But that's, that's been on my mind, and, why I've, and something I've been strong about here recently is how can people praise God out of the same mouth that they curse with? I get things happen every now and then, people slip up, but the more intentional ones um, where they're just, cursing people for no reason mm -hmm. you know it's like how how can you do that you know that's yeah. a very good point thank you for sharing the yeah, scripture no i appreciate that yeah absolutely um i don't really have any other points to put <laughs> on but i do want to like give you props for having the courage to go talk to your your dad about that it takes sure. take some courage take some mm -hmm. boldness so props to you for doing that um but the good news is i'll say this is um the fact that he does feel that conviction is is good yeah like, that's that's a good sign and um the fact that he feels um, the need and he I mean he has that desire to be um, a good Christian father um, is good it's just I mean really it just comes down to to the action like just right. doing what you got to do to um, to get that point because it is we talked about being intentional mm -hmm. um, and having a goal like that's that's what it comes down to is you have a goal and you want to be a good Christian father now it comes down to the action you got to mm -hmm. be intentional um, you may have to cut people out of your life. You may mm -hmm. have to cut those friends out, mm -hmm. surround yourself with other people, um, and focus in on your faith, get involved with the church, like you said. Um, so that's good. I think you're a great example to your dad. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes like, yes, the, the dad is supposed to be the example and the leader of the family, but sometimes like, you know, you, you can learn from people who are younger, um, younger than you. Like I've learned many things from people who like my younger sister, like for example, like she's taught me so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been Cool to, I've learned a lot from her. And so there's, there's times where you can learn a lot from people who are younger than you. Um, so props to you for being, yeah. for being someone who can encourage your dad. Awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure your dad felt like he was punched in the gut, man. <laughs> I could just think of like to being held accountable by your children. That's, yeah. that's a yeah. big deal, yeah. man. And you know, and he, he would always get like, 
sometimes he he would always just get so mad at my brothers for doing whatever it is that they do but my my brother Aaron it's he he mimics my dad so well I even seen it today or whatnot he he mimics my dad so well um on the anger side of everything Mm -hmm. and it's just like and he would always get mad at them for doing it i'm like how how can you expect them to do better if you're not showing them any better you know if that's all that they see what what else do you expect them to do you know yeah man if you're a parent listening that's the that's it man they don't hear what you say they watch what you do exactly (laughs) Exactly. and they're gonna mimic that behavior Mm -hmm. that's a big thing yeah thank you for sharing that blake y'all went in on a lot of stuff i appreciate (laughs) you both man thank you both for coming back too yeah no problem Guys, that's pretty much it. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, the podcast, The Better Man. We are on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. You're going to get every single short clip, video, all my stuff sent directly to you. We're on every single audio podcast platform. Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us that five-star rating because we give five-star service yes sir (laughs) (laughs) thanks for watching until the next one peace